When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just like that, we are back. Welcome to College Football Live. Much like the Big 12, we are open for business. College Football Live starts now, and we begin out of the tunnel. He doesn't officially start the new gig until August 1st, but the new soon-to-be commissioner made his first public appearance at Big 12 Media Day today. From Rock Nation to the Big 12, Brett Yorma will soon call the shots. And just like that, you can bet he had something to say. The soon-to-be commish said the conference is exploring all options when it comes to further expansion. His exact words, we are open for business. The Big 12 is the first conference to kick off the college football party. All eyes on Cherry World in Arlington, Texas. The topic du jour, of course, conference realignment. It seems to be the gift that keeps on giving, considering this profitable game of musical chairs. Just about every team is playing. The good thing about it is I've got a lot of worries, a lot of concerns, but conference realignment's way down the list for me. Now, the guys that spoke first... It's probably a different story, right? But uh, for us, it's, you know, those decisions are not getting made by football coaches. You, you might be able to take a poll of the top 250, 300 recruits in the country and ask them if they know, for example, you could throw out um, what conference is Purdue in or what conference is um, Wake Forest in. And... I would say there's about a 50% chance they might not even know what the conference is. Yes, open for business means I'm, I'll receive any call from anyone. I'm very accessible both 24-7. I've received quite a few calls with schools you know, expressing their interest. Putting that aside, when, when we're open for business, we're open for business in every possible way. Um, how do we drive incremental revenue streams? How do we make some bold decisions in doing that? So open for business is kind of our, our new dictate, and it's not just about conference realignment. It's about everything we do. This is um, a power struggle for um, long-term television money, and um, the Big 12 is better off today than it was at this time last year. Word to the wise, buckle up. It was a unanimous nearly a year ago when it was Texas and Oklahoma who said they're going to join the SEC. They're expected to do that no later than 2025. And then two months later, it was BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF who said they will head to the Big 12. They will officially join that conference for the 2023 season. And then just last month, out west, UCLA, USC say they'll head to the Big 10. That's in 2024. And then, of course, reports surfacing that the Big 12 is in talks with a number of Pac-12 schools. ESPN senior college football writer Pete Thamel joins us now. Or Pete, with that chair you're sitting in, I should say the king of college football. Looks like you're <laughs> in a bit of a throne. Uh, we'll take you either way. And I, I have to ask you, 
you know, this is sort of the calm before the storm, if you will. Uh, what is the state of things right now where we sit? Wendy, in the micro micro, I think we're at a collective pause here. And uh, I think when I talk to sources around the country, different conferences, different schools, everyone's wondering what is the next trigger? What is the next mile marker that could lead to more expansion? Right now, the Big Ten and the SEC appear to be sitting pat at 16. Notre Dame is obviously the, the prettiest date on the dance floor, but they probably have two years until they have to make any decision because their TV deal has four years left, and they need to see what happens with the college football playoff, and that also has four years left. So there's no imminent rush for Notre Dame because the levers that they need to pull to move conferences aren't going to be pulled in the near term. So what's next? The Pac-12 has a 30-day negotiating window that it's in. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we look at what happens with the Big Ten, and that's going to obviously what networks don't get in the B rights for the Big Ten may free up some extra money to see where it gets distributed to the other conferences. So I tell you what, if we're talking about that collective pause, as you put it, which I think makes sense, when do these proverbial dominoes start to fall and how quickly will things change once they do? I would imagine, Pete, everybody's not going to play nice for all that long. Well, I, I, it'd be naive to say three years or five years from now, Wendy, we're going to be in the same place. But I think when the Pac-12 gets back some financial numbers, schools like Washington and Oregon are going to have to say, OK, is that enough to sustain us going forward in a league that maybe adds a San Diego State and a Boise? Or do they have to look elsewhere? And, and I think the next logical move, Wendy, is the ACC perhaps adding a Western wing, if you will, which could help fuel the ACC network and help address some of the revenue concerns for the top ACC programs. Well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Stay tuned. And Pete, I know you will. And we look forward to being with you throughout the college football season. Meanwhile, Alabama head coach Nick Saban is the latest to weigh in on the changing, ever-changing landscape of college football. Here's what Coach Saban had to say. I think we're going to deal with it in you know a greater capacity than ever before um, because i think mega conferences are probably here to stay we don't have any guardrails on what we're doing right now we have no restrictions on who can do what the bottom line is is we'll lose competitive balance which everything we've always done in college football is to maintain competitive balance same scholarship Everybody had to play by the same rules and whether it was recruiting or whatever. Right now, that, that's, not, that, that's not how it is. Listen, you talk to 10 people, guys. You're going to get 10 different opinions about this from Arlington, Texas, site of Big 12 Media Day, Dusty Dvorak and Andre Ware. And, Dusty, I'll start with you. You heard what Coach Saban had to say. I think he's certainly correct in terms of the super conferences. We don't appear to be headed in the other direction. But what about everything else Coach Saban had to say? I think he's spot on per usual. We are headed to super conferences. I think the question is, What's the enforcement? What's the governing body look like? We know it's not going to be the NCAA. It doesn't feel that way. And right now, 
I, I think that Coach Saban speaks for a lot of coaches. That it is the wild, wild west. There's no enforcement out there. And once we figure out what these conferences look like, what's the new world of college football is, there's got to be some type of governing body overseeing everything that's going on, putting guardrails, as he mentioned, in place. But then really it's about the enforcement. You know, what, are, what kind of ramifications are going to be there? What type of hurdles will be there if teams, programs decide to break the rules that's going to restrict them from doing all the things that is starting to drive people around the college football world crazy? So I think per usual, Nick Saban, when he speaks, we should all listen because he's exactly right. Yeah, Dusty, I think you you're you hit the nail on the head in terms of the guardrails, as Coach Saban uh, laid laid an example of in terms of 85 scholarship limits. What happens when uh, all these schools, the super conferences are formed? Do they gobble up more? Do you uh, pack a roster with more than 85? Does it go back to the old days of 100 plus or as many as you can sign? And then I think it starts to trickle down from there where it has some wear and tear on schools that are not included in these super conferences. So it is a concern. We are traveling without guardrails and uh, hopefully this thing doesn't get off the rails, so to speak. You know what, guys? Here, here's my question, and it's sort of a loaded question, so I apologize. But at, at the very, at the very end of the day, this is about college football fans. Dusty, do they ultimately win or lose when when all of the dust settles? You know, it's a great question, Wendy. I could paint a picture either way, right? I think we're going to move from more of a regional sport to more of a national sport. And I think that we're going to create in some of these super conferences phenomenal matchups week in, week out. I do worry about traditions eroding away. You know, some of the rivalries that we've grown accustomed to loving in college football just not being there. And I think we're going to see more of a professionalized sport. Clearly, the, the NFL is not lacking for a lot of fan fair and a lot of people really paying attention to their sports. So I think on in some regards, we might actually have an even better product than what we've had previously. And then also uh, what a lot of people have grown in love about college football, the pageantry, you know, just all the traditions. I fear that those are about to start to go to the wayside. Yeah, I think traditions are just about gone. And the, some of the matchups that we're used to seeing across the college football landscape, uh, they're gone. What we have to embrace, though, is the newness that Dusty talked about, uh, matchups that are coast-to-coast matchups and not more or less regional matchups that we're, we've become uh, accustomed to seeing. So I, I think the change is coming. It's here. It's, it's not going anywhere. And I think more is coming before we start to slide back the other way, if, if indeed it is. It, it, does slide back at all all valid points guys like anything else I guess you win some you lose some Pete Thamel back with us Pete you heard what coach Saban said you heard what the guys said what's your final take on this Wendy, I think the cautionary tale for college football just unfolded the last 15 years in college basketball. When realignment happened, college basketball lost a lot of its regional essence. You lost rivalries like Missouri and Kansas. You lost rivalries like Syracuse and Georgetown. And people found out that, and and then the transfer portal, which essentially college basketball, everybody started transferring up and moving around. You didn't know who was on the roster of your own team, and then you didn't know who they were playing because of realignment. And I think College football has to remember it is a regional sport that bloomed nationally, and it's hard to do it the other way around. And people need intimacy and familiarity with their teams, programs, and opponents. All right, Pete. Well, anyway, you look at it, change is coming. And ahead on College Football Live, are Baylor and Oklahoma State on a collision course to meet in another Big 12 championship? We'll talk season expectations for both teams as well as the biggest challenges they will face. 
And there are now three new head coaches in the Big 12, and you can better believe all facing big expectations. Which one is in the best position to succeed? The answer may surprise you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Big 12 Championship comes down to this play. Hand off. Jackson running to his left. Trying to turn the corner. And he did not get there. What a great individual effort by McVay. Baylor has won the Big 12. Could you have asked for a better or closer finish? After just two wins in the 2020 shortened season, Baylor bounced back. Program record 12 wins. They didn't stop there, though, winning the Big 12 for the first time since 2014, earning their best final AP poll ranking ever at number five. And then to continue, the team is going to have to replace a lot of production. From last season, their two leading rushers, three leading receivers, and leading sack producer have all moved on. And in addition, quarterback Jerry Bohannon transferred away after losing a QB battle to Blake Shoppen. He started the Big 12 championship game in place of Bohannon last year, throwing for three touchdowns on an 82 completion percentage. Here's Sam Acho with the head coach on how winning changes perception. I think it probably it, it um, brings some more belief. I think uh, before there was maybe a lot of faith that there was, I think with the team I'm talking about, and maybe even the supporters, uh, but there was, you know, hey, this guy seems nice, um, but I don't know if nice can win. You know, I don't know if talking about stuff that's not football has any place in football. And so I think the, the winning helps with that. But I think, you know, to, the turn, though, was everybody making themselves fully available. And I think so many times we get in our own way. And so to, to, really, um, to really build a trust to where guys aren't walking in like this but are walking in like this makes all the difference. Baylor's turnaround under Dave Aranda has been impressive. The Bears won two games in 2020, as I mentioned before. And then last year, how about 12 wins and a number five ranking, both the best in program history. Don't forget, too, they went from worst rush offense in the Big 12 to the best. And speaking of the best, we're joined now by the aforementioned Sam Acho, who's with us, uh, Arlington, Texas, site of Big 12 Media Days. And Sam, listen, let's talk about this Baylor team. You know Coach Aranda would insist on it. What are reasonable expectations for Baylor this season? I think another Big 12 championship is a reasonable expectation. If you listen to Dave Aranda speak, he talks about person over player. He says, yeah, I understand that the stats matter, but I care about these people. And so even when he made the decision to go with Blake Shapin this year as a starting quarterback, who's a more accurate passer than Gary Bohannon, he still did that with the utmost respect for guys like Gary. And so for me, obviously, Oklahoma got a new coach. Texas is still somewhat rebuilding. I think 
I think the Baylor football team expects to win. I completely agree with you, Sam. And look, they've won three Big 12 championships since 2013. That's as many as my man Texas Longhorn squad has won since the Big 12 was formed. So Baylor has proven that they're in Waco. You can win at the highest level. What I like about this team in particular, the trenches, man, because that's where football is won. The line of scrimmage for offensive linemen come back. Too deep of the defensive line led by Apu Pika. Uh, and I just think that up front, they're going to be able to dominate teams, still be able to run the football and get to the quarterback. Dave Aranda has built a culture there, as Sam just illustrated, and I don't see them going away anytime soon. No, Dusty, I would agree. You know, they say things and the tone sort of start at the top, and Dave Aranda just exudes a calm confidence that you have to believe has filtered down to his team. Let's switch gears for just a minute and talk about Oklahoma State. Their season about to get underway as well. And don't forget they were a playoff contender last year but came up just short in the Big 12 championship against Baylor. However, the Pokes rebounded to beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, the largest comeback in program history. And as we look toward the season, the Cowboys offense returned starting quarterback Spencer Sanders, but however lost running back Jalen Warren and Tay Martin, the only receiver in the Big 12 to eclipse 1,000 receiving yards. The defense also lost some key contributors. That includes the nation's leading tackler, Malcolm Rodriguez. But Oklahoma State does get back Big 12 defensive freshman of the year. That's good news. Colin Oliver under new coordinator Derek Mason. Here's head coach Mike Gundy. Our team is resilient, as you could see. Um, they went in and, and beat a very good Notre Dame football team uh, on the big stage. We've got seniors, we have mature players that understand the commitment and what it takes to be successful and they're instilling those values in our younger players. Spencer has been fantastic for us and um, he has now become a magician in our offense. He knows it, he can run it fast, he understands. Um, the middle toward the end of last year, he started to make really quality quality decisions in a short amount of time, which is very important in quarterback play in our opinion. Um, he's tough, he's humble. Uh, he doesn't worry about something that he might not have. There's times that we put him on the field and we were beat up in the offensive line. Never said a word about it. There's times that we put him out there and he was playing with true freshmen at wide receivers. Never said a word about it. His competitive nature, his toughness, allows him to be a really good player. And we want him to relax and enjoy this season and have fun, go out and play good football. We go back out to Arlington, Texas. And Dusty, I'll ask you this. Bigger concern for Oklahoma State, is it the quarterback or defense? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm going to go defense. Look, offensively, I think Oklahoma State's going to be fine. Casey Dunn comes back as the offensive coordinator. A lot of continuity, three offensive linemen back. They're loaded at wide receiver, and I think they have enough talent at running back. And look, Spencer Sanders, from the second half of Texas, really throughout the duration of the season, played good football, consistent football. That's why he was uh, first-team All-Big 12 last year in the preseason first-team All-Big 12 quarterback this year. Defensively, you're literally replacing your entire back seven. Jason Taylor, the only returning starter back there, 
And then obviously you reference Jim Knowles is out, goes to Ohio State. Derek Mason comes in. Now the utmost confidence that Derek Mason can get it done, but it's going to be newness. So they're going to keep things the same defensively. It's a new voice. It's a new play caller. There's just new things. I do like Oklahoma State's front. They got outstanding pass rushers headlined by Colin Oliver. So I think that pass rush and that defensive line can help the back seven. But bigger concern heading into the season, I'm going the defensive side, Sam. Yeah, and this year I was going to go defense as well. Then I realized, oh, Derek Mason just got hired. This is the biggest hire, one of the biggest hires that we've seen under Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. Uh, Derek Mason is one of the most coveted hires that this defense has seen, at least in the nation. And so for me, yes, you're losing Jim Knowles, who was a phenomenal coordinator, but you're gaining Derek Mason. Now let's go to the offense. Let's go to quarterback. Spencer Sanders, yes, yes, he did have an outstanding year, but I go to the Big 12 championship game. Yeah four interceptions with an outstanding defense, they still lost that game. So no matter how good your defense is, and I think they will be good, if your quarterback consistently turns the ball over, it's going to be hard for you to be successful. We're seeing it right here. 40 turnovers lost in the last three seasons. That's a big number. And yes, Spencer Sanders knows how to win, but winning when it matters, I think it's going to matter even more. All right, guys, we're going to talk more about both these teams coming up a little over under on their win total if you will. Also, of course, continue discussion about conference realignment. One thing is for sure, there is no doubt the Big 12 is open for business. There you go. And to think he doesn't start the job officially until August 1st, but the new Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, answers questions about realignment and a whole lot else coming up. And there are some notable new names under center in the Big 12 this season. Our thoughts on the most impactful transfer quarterback coming up. There's some new faces in new places. He's got an impressive, if slightly non-traditional resume for a conference commissioner, but Brett Yarmark certainly understands the bottom line. He took the podium today as the Big 12's new commissioner, although he does not officially start the job until August 1st. He was named the Big 12 Conference's fifth commissioner in June. Prior to the role, he comes to the job as the COO of Rock Nation. He spent nearly 15 years as CEO of the Brooklyn Nets and was the VP of Corporate Sponsorships for NASCAR. Here's your mark with our crew on the ground in Arlington, Texas. First of all, congratulations on Thank the you. job. Thank you so much for joining us. You just really dove straight in on the job, 48 hours, and uh, college football does what college football does and continues moving. What has this transition been like for you? Because really day one is August 1st. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's been a great transition so far. I'm doing a little double duty, continuing to work at Rock Nation while I'm transitioning in here, and I'll be here full-time August 1. But you know what? I'm learning by fire in some respects, and it's, and it's probably the best way to do it. Um, obviously, with conference realignment and what's at the forefront of college athletics right now, um, it requires me to jump in. Um, Bob has been a fantastic resource for me. I've spent a lot of time with him. The, the ADs, the presidents, everyone's been great and very welcoming. So uh, I'm learning by fire, but I feel really good about where this conference is going, what the opportunities in front of us are, and my job is to take advantage of them. When UCLA and USC left to go to the Big Ten, it was all of a sudden this timeline just gets ramped up and you hear rumors of this school might go here and this school might go here and the SEC and the ACC. On top of that, a new media deal. So how do you balance the timeline of 
what does expansion look like in terms of conference realignment, knowing that you do have this TV deal coming up to sign? Well, I want to define open for business for you. Okay. Yes, open for business means I'm, I'll receive any call from anyone. I'm very accessible both 24-7. I've received quite a few calls with schools you know, expressing their interest. Putting that aside, when, when we're open for business, we're open for business in every possible way. Um, uh, how do we drive incremental revenue streams? How do we make some bold decisions in doing that? So open for business is kind of our, our new dictate, and it's not just about conference realignment. It's about everything we do. NIL is a subject that you talked about in your opening remarks, and it's kind of been all over the map. Uh, which direction would you personally like to see it go uh, in terms of nailing down what, what NIL will look like going forward? Well, I do think there needs to be some guardrails. I also think there, there needs to be uniformity mm -hmm. and consistent, consistency across the, you know, the, the, the collegiate landscape. And I'm going to work with many of the other Power Five commissioners in figuring that dynamic out. But I'm an advocate of NIL. Mm -hmm. And it was a good step forward. Now we have to think about where we've been the last 12 months. How do we fix it? How do we make sure that foundationally it provides us what we're looking for for the future? Mm -hmm and it's gonna to have to be tinkered with for sure. What is it about college athletics that brought you here to be the commissioner of the Big 12? You know, I've just been enamored, enamored with the space, the evolution of the space. Obviously, we're seeing a true professionalization of college sports, um, and I think my skill set aligns really well with it. And I like to build things. I like to be, you know, at the forefront of when change is happening. Mm -hmm. So I felt the time was right to be a part of um, the the collegiate landscape. As I said earlier, I, I thought maybe it was an AD, um, but this opportunity presented itself. And uh, you know, I think I was probably the underdog coming into it, not having a lot of college experience. Although, as I said earlier, Barclay Center was a big college basketball destination and that was always part of our plan. But um, I'm excited to be here. And I think many of my skill sets are transferable. Obviously I have a lot to learn and I've surrounded myself with some great resources but I think we're gonna have a special moment here. Things will look familiar in the Big 12 this season, but do not get used to it. Oklahoma and Texas headed to the SEC. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF will join that conference in the coming years. Three teams will have new head coaches this coming season. Oklahoma, Brent Venables, TCU, the Dallas-Fort Worth area to hire Sonny Dykes and Texas Tech tabbing Joey McGuire. And look for these transfers to have a big impact. The Sooners landed forward UCF QB Dylan Gabriel. JT Daniels is now at West Virginia. And do not sleep on veteran Adrian Martinez at Kansas State. Andre, let's go back to you in Arlington. That, listen, what is the state of the Big 12 right now? A lot of moving parts, but the season is coming, ready or not. Yeah, I think the Big 12 is, uh, is in great hands and to, from a leadership standpoint. And Brett Yormark, the, the new commissioner, uh, coming in, he understands really the lay of the land and wants to uh, get the conference or add more fans that are younger and hipper, uh, magnify the Big 12 on a national brand. And I think with the four teams that are coming in, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU, that you mentioned, Wendy, they are, uh, they've really composed themselves having bounced back from losing teams like Oklahoma and Texas. And, and, and adding that, adding those four teams, 
teams. They've created some matchups, old Southwest Conference matchups like Houston and TCU, Houston Baylor, uh, to, for an example. So I think uh, there, there's some some continuity that's building within the Big 12, and I think the future looks bright. And I'm excited to see, one thing I noticed that your mark said was, as far as Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you talked about a win-win situation. I hadn't heard that before, so I'm wondering, okay, will this exit to the SEC happen sooner than later? Obviously, we got these four teams coming in, but it seems like there's somewhat of a more amenable relationship between your mark and some of these schools that are leaving the Big 12. And so, obviously, he also said that, hey, at the end of the day, we have to do what's best for the Big 12. But I noticed those things. He said, yeah, a win-win. I said, hmm, interesting. What will happen next? You know what's interesting, Sam, is what a difference a year makes. This is a far cry from the rhetoric we heard when this decision was announced. We'll take the win-win, all right? Because then, if you will, everybody wins. Uh, speaking of winning, there are a number of new head coaches in the Big 12. I talked about some of them. Let's revisit. Brent Venables takes over Oklahoma after serving as the defensive coordinator at Clemson. Joey McGuire gets his first head coaching job. He takes over at Texas Tech. And Sonny Dykes moves on from SMU to take over at TCU. A lot of expectations. That's what happens when you become the new head coach, Sam. But who's in the best position to succeed early on in terms of these new head coaches? Well, early on, I believe it's Brent Venables. Obviously, he's he's been at Oklahoma before, but he's coming back with his years of experience at Clemson. Yes, so he's won. He understands winning, but also he's bringing back his strength coach. You have an offensive coordinator coming in. Brent Venables knows how to win at a high level, and so you have a pipeline of talent. Yes, some left and followed Lincoln Rally to USC, but you have a pipeline of talent and a head coach who understands the culture of what it's like to be a Sooner. So I think Brent Venables is definitely in the best position to succeed. Yeah, for me, I, th I think maybe it's TCU. They, they have done a nice job. Gary Patterson has left the cupboard full from a recruiting standpoint. Sonny Dykes knows the lay of the land in this area, uh, come just sliding over from SMU to TCU. And, and he's got players. He's got a, a cupboard full of players where they can make some magic and make it early. Uh, don't sleep on Sonny Dykes and what goes on at TCU this coming season. All right, gentlemen, we talked about the transfer portal earlier. We are not going to try to fix the whole thing, okay? Forget that. We're going to look at the, the milk already <laughs> spilt, if you will, and the quarterbacks that will play for new teams. Who has a chance to be the most impactful transfer quarterback, Andre? I think it's Dylan Gabriel coming from UCF to uh, to Oklahoma, a guy that understands the system. Uh, offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, when he was at UCF, recruited Dylan Gabriel. So there's some familiarity uh, already within the the, uh, the offense, how to get through his reads, and really comfortable. So I think that's going to really allow Gabriel to have early success at Oklahoma. Now, can everybody else get up to speed on what they're doing? Uh, will there be some changes of running the ball a little bit more under a defensive-minded head coach, maybe. But I think the quarterback is going to really benefit from having better athletes around him and, and, and familiarity with what they're doing offensively. Yeah, and I get excited about Adrian Martinez of Kansas State. Obviously, we've been talking about him all day. I got a chance to sit down and interview him and Deuce Vaughn, his new running back. Adrian Martinez is a leader. And yes, he had a career at Nebraska, solid career at Nebraska. He gets a chance to turn the page and almost redefine that career at Kansas State. A mobile quarterback who's got a great arm, but also now he has another weapon in Deuce Vaughn, who a lot of people have compared 
uh, to Darren Sproles. And so I love the leadership. I love the maturity. Even his coach said, hey, he didn't he didn't practice a lot of the spring. But when he showed up after an injury, he showed up the last few practices, you could feel his presence on the field. So Adrian Martinez, for me, yeah. would be the biggest impact. I don't know, Andre. That's a little humble brag from Sam, I think. I got to sit down with my most impactful quarterback. I, I don't know. Uh, but we'll, we'll take you at your word, Sam. Uh, and we're far from done as we uh, look ahead to the impending college football season. Who doesn't love preseason predictions? Do not answer that because, like it or not, they are coming up. We'll look at the over-under for win totals for some of these Big 12 teams. And Andre is here, and that means he's going to tell us who to be aware of See what we did there? Big 12 names you need to know heading into the season. Top-ranked boxing Friday night highlighted by our junior welterweight main event. Two undefeated fighters, the winner with a solid shot of the title bout. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern, noon ESPN. And ESPN Deportes with ESPN Plus coverage beginning at 7 o'clock Eastern for Pacific. Kansas only had two wins last season, but one was a big one. They knocked off Texas. Remember that? 57-56 to 56 in overtime. The Jayhawks recorded their first ever win in Austin, entering the game 0-9. They also snapped a 56-game conference road losing streak. So there was that. Here's our Sam Acho with Lance Leipold. Well, First of all, I didn't even know any of that until after that win. But um, I think what it showed is really the character of our of our players to persevere. You know, we're one and eight going to Austin, Texas, and there's a lot of times where teams just play out the string sometimes mm -hmm. to finish the year. Um, for us to go down there and and play and build some confidence and and really believe in one another. But I also think the the players started to see that. You know what we're putting in place we're starting to pay dividends and and we were able to to find a way to get a win at, at the right time and kind of get some of those uh streaks off our back so to speak and and build on it the last couple weeks where we played closer but now we got to find a way to turn those close ones into more wins yeah and coach last thing is there a player or two that you're really excited about I, like, I'm, I'm and obviously like you, you love all your players but i mean we talk about whether it's program changers or people who really embody the culture that you bring who, who would be those guys? Oh, there's there, there'd be so many right now. We brought some of those today. Jalen Daniels yeah. as our quarterback. You, when, you, when people have a chance to interact with him today, they'll see his his energy, his positivity, what he brings to our huddle. Devin Neal as a, as a Lawrence, Kansas native, and his faith and belief in wanting to turn our program around. And then I look at some of our upperclassmen, our you know six-year guys, and Earl Bostick's a guy that's been through eight position coaches, wow. three head coaches. And for him to kind of stick with this and to see where he's at right now I think he has he's definitely has a chance to be at the next level someday so I think we got a great mixture of that through our locker room and uh, anxious to get going here in August awesome thanks so much coach thank you Sam I know you have a relationship with coach Leipold and listen they want to build on what happened I get it but if, if you're just going to have a handful of wins that win in Austin was certainly a big one Absolutely. You've put up 57 points in Austin to get your first road win in a long time. But the bigger story for me is the man that Lance Leipold is. When my last tail end of my NFL career, I was with the Buffalo Bills for a little bit and I ended up staying in Buffalo after getting released by the team. And he invited me not only to speak to his team, but to come and work out at his facility with the entire University of Buffalo team. And I think we all know what Lance Leipold was able to build at Buffalo. We turned that program completely around. And so when I think about winning 
and character and culture changers, that's who Lance Leipold is. And so obviously uh, that was one of the few wins that they had last year in Austin. But I think this year Kansas has a chance to win three, four, maybe even five games. All right, five games. So, Dusty, if I say over and under, we'll set it at, say, two and a half for Kansas. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Sam here. Look, I think three, four, I don't know if I'll go five, but they haven't won four games since 2009. I could definitely see that in the cards this year. Jalen Daniels plays some great football at the quarterback position. That culture has been implemented. I'm going over two and a half for the Kansas Jayhawks. Okay, they'll like that. There's another team in Kansas, though, of course, and that's Kansas State. We'll talk about their win totals coming up. But first, Sam, I know you had a chance to catch up with their quarterback and star running back. People talk about record books, and Adrian, I'll get to you in one second. People talk about records and record books, and uh, they look at Darren Sproles and what he was able to do, and you look at kind of the trajectory, and you all are kind of on that same path. Obviously, we know there's a relationship there, but when you think about, like, what you want to do in your career here and also future, what does that look like? Um, first and foremost, it's humbling to even be mentioned in the same sentence with Darren Sproles, this person I looked up to mm. uh, playing football uh, ever since I was a little kid. But, uh, man, it, it's it's unreal. Mm. Uh, just the trajectory and just you can't you can't get outside of yourself, though. You have to be uh, – com- you can't be complacent. You have to understand that hard work is still out in front of you. But, mm. uh, man, I'm, I'm super, super excited for the future and uh, everything that is in store, and I'm ready to go and attack it. Yeah. And, Adrian, uh, you're coming here from Nebraska – Why'd you choose this place, and what are you hoping to do uh, with players like Deuce? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, when I put my name in the transfer report, I was looking for a specific school, and Kansas State fit that. I mean, great coaches, great culture, and, and more than anything, you know, great players like Deuce here. So uh, great opportunity for me and really looking forward to it, and I think we have a solid group. Yeah. All right, I'm going to change it up a little bit. What's the playlist like in the locker room? Who's listening to what, and what are we, what's, what's the playlist? Uh, well, unfortunately <laughs> – uh, in the corner, we got the O-line with the Ox, so they're playing all types of reckless stuff all the time. Uh, anything from country to random <laughs> beats to tech to rap. to So it's, it's a mix of vibes. What about you, Deuce? What's it? I, I like to stay with the DBs. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like to gravitate over to their corner, man. I mean, if it's, if it's Lil Baby yeah. uh, Gunna, and just uh, things like that, I like to stay over there, you know. Uh, they, the, the DBs, they, they got the ox whenever, yeah. whenever I, they're in my car. 100%. Yeah. Who's, uh, like, as far as fashion sense, like, who's got the best, not out of YouTube, but on your team, like, best dress, worst dress, whether player or even position group? Uh, you know, Eric Pizarro? Yeah. You know how they're saying it? Every, every time, I mean, walking in for, like, a 6 a.m. workout, it's like he's Someone was taking pictures of him, like coming into the facility. Yeah, he's on something else. No, yeah, yeah. Eric definitely. He comes with the he comes with the drip every single day, uh, man. With his Palm Angels Dior, he's got it all on. But as far as as far as position group, I gotta go overall wide receivers probably. Okay. You know, they got the bodies to, to yeah. do it. Yeah. More I mean, running backs were a little little yeah. stocky, so it's hard to find good yeah. fitting clothes. Uh, but I gotta go with like the wide receivers. What about like least drip? Who got the least drip out of all of the? You looked at him. Uh, you can answer this one. You got it, bro. Uh, now, for our team, man, I mean, I haven't seen the O-line put it on yet. That's the only thing. I, I, I have faith in them. I just yeah, haven't yeah. seen it. I just I haven't, want to say that. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't seen it been done yet. You know, we'll, you know, I'll have to go over and make, look at the closet and see, see what's going on. I respect it. Well, Adrian Deuce, thank you all so much. Excited for the season. All right, that young man right there is going to be a diplomat talking about the O-line saying, I haven't seen it. I'm going to wait and see 
Well, well played, guys. All right, over under these brought to us by Caesars, and this is Kansas State. We'll say seven. Dusty, what do you say? Look, I am very bullish on the Kansas State Wildcats. I think they're a dark horse Big 12 champion. I'm going over seven wins. You saw right there the offensive firepower. Adrian Martinez, I think with Colin Klein, he takes better care of the football. The deuce will be loose. And then defensively, Felix and Yudike Uzama, one of the best pass rushers in all of college football. Daniel Green is a linebacker. Hey, Kansas State is primed and ready to surprise a lot of people. I think seven is way too low. I feel like I'm stealing right now. Give me over on the Wildcats, Sam. I'm going over as well. And like you said, Adrian Martinez is the reason why. I look at last year, Nebraska playing Ohio State, a game that they nearly won. Adrian Martinez was at the helm during that game. So not only do you have game experience, but you have a quarterback who knows how to win at a high level. So bring that to an already talented roster. I'm going over as well. All right, well played, fellas. Listen up next, West Virginia. But before we talk about their win total, here's Neil Brown talking about JT Daniels as his quarterback. He's got to go win the job. Yeah. And that's something that we were really clear about him during the recruiting process mm-hmm. is nothing was going to be handed to him. He's got to go win the job. I'm really proud of how he's handled. He wasn't here during the spring. He had to get his degree from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Came in the middle of May, and he's gone to work. Quarterback competitions, when they are won, it's evident. And your team knows it. It's mm-hmm. not like you have to go out and make a social media announcement. you got to stand up in front of the team and say, this is going to be our starter. When a, competi- when a, when a quarterback wins that competition, mm-hmm. it's very clear. I like that sentiment. It makes a lot of sense. Sam, over under here for West Virginia, we'll say five and a half. Wendy, I got some concerns. If you, if you don't, you, you brought in JT Daniels as your – as your starting quarterback yet. Even at this point, you don't know who your starter is going to be. He said JT Daniels had to go finish his degree, wasn't around. All of a sudden, the season starts in about a month from now. And so if you don't have a clear starter now and you brought in JT Daniels to be the starter, obviously there is a void there. I think it's going to be under for Kansas State. I don't think there's enough firepower offensively, especially when you're playing in the Big 12 and you need some help. We're sharing a brain. We we have to change it up a little bit because I I agree. I, I hope not. I like Neil Brown a lot. I appreciate what he's brought to the Big 12, but I don't see it on this roster. And at Pitt's a rough way to start. Then you got to go to Virginia Tech. Like, that non-conference is going to be tough. And I got more questions and answers about this West Virginia football team. It starts with the quarterback spot, but it's also at the running back spot. Who's going to take over for Letty Brown? Even defensively, though you bring back Dante Stills, who's a fantastic defensive tackle, there's a lot to replace on that side of the football. Unfortunately, I think it may be a long year for the Mountaineers in Morgantown. All right, fair enough. And I got to tell you guys, we got a ways to go here. I do not need you sharing a brain, not just yet anyway. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's hold off. Uh, meanwhile, no one wants to get caught unaware. Andre Ware, make sure you won't be, at least when it comes to names to know in the Big 12. And hope springs eternal. All teams are created equal, at least in July. Who will win the Big 12? We'll tell you what we think straight ahead. Our Big 12 championship prediction. We've got to cover this week and every week as conferences kick off their seasons with introductions and press conferences before the real work begins. Big 12 up first starting today at Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. Now the Big 12 released its preseason poll last week. Baylor a slight favorite to repeat in 2022. Oklahoma not far behind received 12 first place votes. Oklahoma State, Texas and Kansas State round out the top five. But everybody's got an opinion. Dusty, I know you do too. Who wins the Big 12? 
Well, first off, Wendy, I think this is going to be the most competitive conference championship race in all the Power Five. As you saw there with the graphic illustrated, five different teams garner first-place votes. You probably won't see half a league get first-place votes anywhere else in college football this season. So I think it's going to be compelling. It's going to be fun. I think Oklahoma is going to get back to winning their 15th Big 12 championship. I know it's the first year for Brent Venables on a lot of newness. 15 players depart via the portal, 13 come in. But I love Jeff Levy and that offense they're going to bring in. They're going to want to run the football first and foremost. I think that's going to set up Dylan Gabriel, plus the continuity between Dylan and Gabriel and the offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy. And look, we know one thing about Brent Venables. He knows defense. And bringing in Ted Roof, a guy who's worked with him quite a bit there at Clemson, I think they get that side of the ball right as well. It's not going to take long for Brent Venables to hit the ground running. He's implemented a new culture, a new level of accountability, and I think we see it pay dividends in year number one. I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit here, Wendy, and I'm going with the Kansas State Wildcats. We've been talking about them all day. You talk about what they have on offense coming back. They are loaded. If they get consistent quarterback play out of Adrian Martinez, along with Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, three other top pass catchers come back. They've got dudes on the defensive side of the football that can flat out get after the quarterback and control the line of scrimmage. If this is a year, they've won the conference twice. If, this, if there's a year where Kansas State could, could show up and maybe be a surprise team and win it, I think it's the Kansas State Wildcats. All right, you can't go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm just going to say Texas. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not even going to tell you why. All right, I'm going to let you think about it. But I, I, I think there's some uh, interesting things going on in Austin. There's also some interesting players, though, Andre, that we need to be aware of, if you will. Tell us who those notable names are in the Big 12. Yeah, defensive lineman Will McDonald at Iowa State, who led the conference last year in sacks with 12. He can flat out get after the quarterback. He is a, rec a game wrecker along the defensive line that uh, this just shows up each and every each and every down. Uh, Adrian Martinez is quarterback transferring in from Nebraska, well-decorated player that can has had a great deal of success on the collegiate level. Can spread the ball around a dual threat guy all he needs to do and Dusty and I agree with this is stay healthy and play the way he's capable of playing I think Kansas State is a player in the Big 12 all season long and then last but not least Tay McWilliams the running back at Baylor they had tremendous success with Ebner and Smith last year going over 1600 yards by uh, Abraham Smith They've got to figure out a way to get their running game going because that was the story that led them to the conference championship. It was the running game and their defense. They're going to have good quarterback play. The offense is going to, going to be successful, but they've got to have a running game going with it. I think Tay McWilliams is a guy to keep your eyes on. I like those a lot. Look, Will McDonald can flat out rush the passer. Love watching him. The uh, Iowa State's all-time leading sack artist. And I'm with you on Kansas State. You and I have talked a lot yeah. about this. If Adrian Martinez stays healthy, takes care of the football, look out. It could be a special type season in Manhattan, Kansas. Well, a lot to look forward to, certainly as we've talked about this conference all day long. And they're just getting started because it's not one but two days of media days at Jury World in Arlington, Texas. So today, day one, this conference will continue tomorrow. And coming up, we'll tell you what to look for as they continue Big 12 Media Days tomorrow, a rundown of what's on tap for Thursday, who you'll hear, the coaches and players will tell you straight ahead. Here's a look at some of our featured events this weekend and into next week. Saturday, our next UFC Fight Night. It's the main card on ABC. 
ESPN Deportes and ESPN Plus, the home run derby from Dodger Stadium. And then the first episode of The Captain comes on right after the derby. That's on ESPN and ESPN Plus. And do not sleep on the 30th annual ESPYs. They are next Wednesday on ABC. Steph Curry, he'll wear another hat and steps in as the host of the 30th annual ESPYs. The Big 12 just getting started. They are the big, the first conference to kick off media days. Day one today at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. But they will continue tomorrow, their second and final day, coming to you from Texas on Thursday. And uh, we talk about it sometimes, the proverbial elephant in the room, if you will. But I would imagine, guys, Andre, uh, that's one of the things you're looking forward to tomorrow, and that's hearing from the two teams who will be departing. Yeah, two teams being Oklahoma and Texas, and they're going to be asked a lot about this tomorrow, how they're going to exit uh, the Big 12 into the SEC. <laughs> you know, our team's looking at them, giving them the side eye as they, <laughs> they roll in here tomorrow. But uh, th there's a lot on the plate in terms of managing Oklahoma and Texas's exit, as well as the four teams that they will usher in to the Big 12 next season. And even more specifically, last year, Lincoln Riley said on this stage, he said, hey, I'm home. They'd won five or six straight Big 12 titles. Well, Lincoln Riley is no longer here. Brent Venables is the new coach at Oklahoma. So what will Brent Venables bring to Oklahoma? What will Steve Sarkeesian, these two teams we're talking about, what will Sark do in year two? Five and seven, as everyone knows, isn't good enough. And so I'm excited to hear from him, from guys like B. John Robinson. It's going to be interesting. Well, Wendy picked Texas, right? You so how it. does Sark manage all these quarterbacks that he's got in Austin going forward? Listen, I, I'm not new to this. I understand if you've got multiple quarterbacks, you've got none. So but you know what? I'm doubling down. Strangely. Things have happened. I think Sark gets it done in year two. Why not? You know, nobody knows. Uh, listen, Andre, I thought it was interesting that Dusty said earlier he thinks this conference will be among the most, actually the most competitive conference championship in college football. In a quick word, agree or disagree? I agree because there's not a clear-cut favorite that dominates the conference. Everybody across the board has has question marks in some area, which will make a good conference race. That's what we want to hear. We want to see that parody. We'll continue to talk about it tomorrow. Oklahoma and Texas no doubt take center stage at day two of Big 12 Media Days.